Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Hey Pastor, how are you today? Doing great. Good deal. Looking forward to this continuing our conversation on the Shepherd Talk and we're going to talk today about a column you wrote entitled I'm back not I'll be back <laughs> were you a fan of that movie yeah I've seen it yeah I don't know if I class myself uh, classify myself as a fan but I have seen it and I like the phrase I'll be back <laughs> I'll be back are you a movie person pastor uh, yes I, I mean I like I like some some good movies we we're talking about one today in staff uh, yeah. that I really enjoy it's a musical I don't watch a lot of musicals but the the greatest the, showman. the greatest showman yeah. and uh it's fantastic uh movie about uh, P.T. Barnum of yep. course and uh so yeah, I like some. I really probably am kind of a boring guy. I like documentaries. Um, I watched the documentary the other night. It kind of put me to sleep, but it was uh, it was on C.S. Lewis, so it was a very interesting documentary. But it was one of those that was done in such a way that at How ten o'clock, could a documentary on C.S. Lewis put you to sleep? Pastor, it was ten o'clock at night, and you know <laughs> I was struggling there. So, but anyways, we're not talking about movies. I'm not a big movie person. Um, I. I'll watch them, but I don't. I don't stay up to date. There, all the students in the world are like, "How did you not see the new yeah, Avenger?" I, I, I have that said to me sometimes about, <laughs> about especially about the staff on like the Avengers, and right. I, which I like those superhero. I grew up with the comic books. I like some of those, but they. Yeah, I've got a couple guys here that give me a hard time because I don't know the sequence of the <laughs> Avengers and Spider-Man and all of that. But at any rate, uh, that's not our subject. Today. I'm in the same place. But we're talking today about a column again entitled, I'm Back. Tell us the story that led you to uh, title this column that. Yeah, well, sir, it's a great and it's a humorous and it's a scary story, really. And obviously it's true. And I read this while I was away on sabbatical in July. And I thought at some point in time, I got to tell this story, uh, you know, because I don't know if a lot of people know it, but uh, I entitled the column I'm back because I said that just may be what this 20 year old Indian man said to the people that came to uh, his funeral. And his name is uh, Muhammad uh, Furquan. And he was declared dead by the the medical profession in uh, India. But here's the deal. He woke up during his own funeral cer- uh, ceremony in uh, this uh, northern India uh, Indian city, and uh, he'd been unconscious from an accident that had occurred back in June. And within a few weeks, uh, when his family <laughs> declared that they could no longer afford the ventilator and the life support system that he was on, well, the systems were disconnected. Uh, thank God they don't do that in America just because you say I can't afford it. But they right. did. They, they disconnected, and the doctor soon declared the man's dead. He's not breathing. There, there's no activity or anything, so he's dead. So they, they then scheduled his funeral ceremony. And right before uh, he was set to be buried, during the ceremony, he woke up. <laughs> and according to the Hindustan Times uh, in India, uh, it, the event uh, traumatized the family. I bet. I, I bet it did. You know, you're sitting there, and there he is, our 20-year-old, and all of a sudden he he wakes up. And uh, they asked them in this interview, the newspaper said, well, well, how'd you feel? And they said, well, of course, we're devastated and traumatized, but, but we were devastated because we were preparing for burial uh, when some of us saw him moving his arms and legs. Wow. 
And so they immediately took him uh, from there. Obviously, they don't embalm. They right. had not embalmed. and right. uh, But they took him from there to uh, uh, another hospital where the doctor said, yeah, he's alive. And the fact is, <laughs> he still is today. Uh, I tell you what, if they ever mistake that for me, though, I, I hope I start moving at the right time, you know, <laughs> before... Um, before they start trying to to put me under. Yeah, exactly. And I was sitting there thinking about, Pastor, what if you were doing a funeral in this house? Like, I mean, obviously in our setting it wouldn't be the same, but that would have been an interesting uh, case for sure. What what, what do you say? Uh, this one's over. Uh, uh, everybody's dismissed. Get this man to the hospital, I guess. <laughs> well, in a humorous story, but a really uh, amazing story, uh, Pastor, in this column, you asked the question and really probably – one of the most important questions we can really fathom and, and process through as, as people in the world today. Have you ever considered that apart from Christ, you are dead? Help us right now as we continue on this conversation to uh, understand the importance of this thought. Well, it is an important thought for us, uh, to, and, and it's a biblical thought, because the Bible says that um, we're either dead men walking or we're alive in Christ. You know, uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians and said, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were, and here it was, the operative phrase, dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And then he adds, By grace you've been saved. The fact is, all of us outside of Christ are dead spiritually. Right. And that's why it's so important for us to understand our condition. Um. I think, by the way, there are a lot of folks who are counting on their goodness right. uh, to give them the ultimate resurrection one day, and that is to be in heaven and in the kingdom of God. They're counting on that to get them through. But the fact is, apart from Christ, we're dead in our trespasses and sin. That's what Paul said. But it is Christ that makes us alive. It is Christ that brings us back. Now, the interesting fact about this man, what he just talked about is, yeah, so he woke up at his funeral. But you know another fact is? He's going to die again. Right. And he's going to really die. Exactly. And when he does, the question will be, uh, what kind of resurrection will there be for him? Will it be a resurrection to life with Christ or an eternal resurrection uh, separated from God in hell, and so so so, but you can't deal with it then. Right. See, we laugh because he was able; they were able to deal with it. Got him to the hospital. But once we really die, we can't deal with it. We are therefore right now outside of Christ. If we don't know Christ, we're dead men walking. But it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you write in this column, you say Jesus is our eternal life support system. And you ask the question, are you connected to him? For those listening, really the most important thing for all of us is to answer that question. And we'd love to have those conversations. And that can uh, happen anytime by contacting our church office. And any of our ministers here would love right. to share with somebody about how to be connected to Jesus. You brought up a point just a second ago, the pastor, about people sometimes get so caught up in thinking that it's about their goodness or the good things that they have done. Why do you feel like that is kind of the case in our world today? Well, because it's the measuring stick of the world. Right. You know, uh, let's face it, in, in almost every culture across the globe, uh, if you're a good person, people just think everything uh, that could be good beyond this life will be yours. 
because we, we love good people and there's nothing wrong with being a good person. Right. But the fact is, how good then do you have to be? Hmm. And we can always find someone to compare our goodness to. I, I mean, I, if it's just goodness that gets me into right relationship with God, I can always say, well, I'm better than so-and-so. I can pick somebody out. Right. But it's a false narrative. It's a false gospel because the Bible says we are all sinners. As we just looked, Paul said um, that we're dead in our trespasses and sin. Dead means dead spiritually. Right. No life uh, spiritually, the kind of life God has talked about. And so the problem becomes what's good enough? Hmm. And if we could, you know, if we could determine, well, here's good enough, then Paul said in Romans that we could boast, you know? Right. We could boast about that and say, well, I've kept all the law. No man has kept all the law. Technically, if we could keep all the law, uh, technically, Christ wouldn't have had to die for us. Exactly. But because we can't, one sin makes a sinner. So it doesn't matter your good work and sin. Any sin separates us from a holy and righteous God. So one sin, it makes us a sinner. Now, I don't know anybody that says, just one sin for me in life. You <laughs> right, know, right. Uh, Be pretty good, but it's not enough. Right. Because it's not about goodness. Right. It is about uh, uh, righteousness. Right. And righteousness and holiness or what God receives. So we, we, so no matter how good I've been, philanthropic, people think, well, I'm philanthropic, you know? So that's going to get me, I've given a lot of money or I've done a lot of good stuff. Right. All of that is good for sure. Right. But it's not the goodness, it's not enough goodness to overcome our, our sinfulness before sense. God. Yeah. So that's why we need the work that Christ did for us on the cross. Exactly right. And you know, in this... You've told stories before about people that uh, have come to you and thought because they gave this or they did that, um, that that was what it took. Um, yeah. And uh, such an easy concept, but understanding this place uh, of being dead, as Ephesians 2 tells us, is so vitally important. When you think about that, though, Pastor, we live in a dying world. All sure. of us are going to die. Um, at some point, we know that that's the case. That's just reality. As followers of Jesus, seeking to be used by God for His glory, how should we daily live in a world that's dying? Well, we should live, those of us who know Christ, we should live as people of great hope. You know, the Bible uses the word hope different than the way we use it. When we use hope, we use it in a wishful way. Right. I hope this happens, or I hope I get this, or, or that. Um, I hope I get a promotion or I hope I, you know, whatever, just fill in the blank. But it's a wishful thing. When the Bible uses that word, it's about a certainty. That's good. And so we are to be people that demonstrate we have this hope, this certainty. Um, goes back to what Jesus said. We are to be salt and light in a dark culture. Right. Salt seasons, it preserves and it flavors. We're to be a flavor in the culture. Now listen, that's important because what that means is uh, as much as we want to reach the culture, we don't reach the culture by being the culture. Hmm. We reach the culture by impacting, seasoning, and flavoring it so that the culture sees that there is something uniquely different. There is a hope that's good. in us that they don't have. Right. 
And then we are to be light. You mentioned in kind of a dying world. Uh, it's a dark world in, right. because of that. And it's going to get darker right. before Jesus returns, the Bible teaches us. So we are to be lights. We are to, we are to be lights in a world of darkness. And, and here's a weird statement. Yes, I believe it's going to get darker. Right. But the darker it gets... The greater the light right. shines. That's good. You know, and so when it's daylight, we use lights, but they don't have the impact that they have when it's dark. And so, uh, how do we live in a dying world? We show the light of God. We live that light. That light represents hope. It it represents for us uh, eternity. It it represents. Um, it represents life beyond the grave, but it also represents life here and now. It makes sense of life. And so that's how we're to live. We're to be salt. We're to be light. And Jesus said, let your light so shine that others see. And he's talking about those who don't yet understand the king, but they see it and they glorify your father who is in heaven. So and so it, it may manifest through how you live and the works of your faith, but right. it is not about... A faith as a result of your works, it is light in darkness that points people toward the only one who can give them life. Yeah, that's so good. I know in this column you write uh, a specific uh, verse that Jesus spoke to Martha, and Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Um, that's the opportunity we have to live that life out, but also that's the story and the hope that we get to allow others to experience through yeah. our lives. And so any other thoughts today, Pastor, on just daily living um, in the world of, of, of that type of life? Well, um, I don't mean this in a morbid sense, but all of us are going to die. That's right. So our hope has to be beyond this life. That's good. And just like that passage you just quite quoted that Jesus shared with Martha about, I'm the resurrection and the life, that was because... Her brother had just died. Lazarus had just died. And and he says to her, you know, if you believe, and she said, yeah, I know he'll live again. Jesus says, I'm the hope, not just then, I'm the hope right now. So I say to our listeners, he is the hope of life beyond the grave. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. But listen, he's the hope for us right now, too. That's right. He makes meaning out of our life. He created us for purpose. And it is in knowing him. Uh, that we understand that. And so he is in every sense the life. That's why Jesus said this, I am the way, the way to God. I am the truth in a world full of many uh, people claiming truth. Right. He said, I am the truth. And he said, I am the life. A lot of folks are trying to find life. A lot of folks say something like this, I'm just trying to find find my life. I'm trying to find... It can only be found in Jesus Christ. And so... Um, that's what we have to keep in mind. We're all going to die. The question is, have we made preparations both for this life and for the next life? Such a great conversation today, Pastor. Thank you so much for these words. And I know we're so thankful for those that are listening and you had another resource to make available to them. Yeah, we do, Chase. Uh, another of what we call our leadership lights, uh, uh, just a, a card that uh, put some insights on that will help people. This one is entitled Achieving Exceptional Results 
in uh, whether you're in the, the leadership world or whether you're in just your family life. And I talk about some things that will help a person do just that. Live in a way that's biblically consistent, but will help them achieve exceptional results. And they can get that resource, uh, Chase, by just emailing us at shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. Shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. And just say, I want the resource achieving uh, exceptional results and we will get that to you and there's no charge for any of these resources that we offer all you have to do is just simply request them well thank you again for joining us for the shepherd talk podcast if you have enjoyed today's conversation please subscribe comment or share the podcast so that other people um, can experience it as well and you can let us know what god's doing in your life Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.